Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. The scripture reading for this Sunday is 2 Corinthians 3, 12-18. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I want to do something a little different. I want you guys to think of your favorite movie or book and turn to your neighbor and tell them that. What's your, like, your, one of your favorite films, one of your favorite movies, uh, or a favorite story or a book, and turn to your neighbor and sh- share it? If someone would be so bold to say what your neighbor's favorite book or film is, let's hear it. Where, where are some of them? You can, you can share yours or you can share the other person's. Okay. Awesome. Dumb and Dumber. So relatable. Les Mis. Atlas Shrugged. What's that? Steel Magnolias. What's that? Nacho Libre, okay, <laughs> good. Some highbrow stuff. You know, there's two different types of people, people who watch movies and then people who watch films. <laughs> That's a movie, I think. <laughs> it's funny, some, some, for some reason we have these movies and films that are really important to us. Guys, we're beginning a three-week series, and I couldn't be more excited about it. This thought pattern for me began three years ago, and I've been thinking about it Something, a lesson that God taught me for the last three years. It's formed how I see the world. It's formed how I make decisions. And it's changed my relationship uh, with God. So as a church, we talk a lot about what does it mean to follow Jesus. We talk about following Jesus into the needs of this world through our acts of compassion and generosity. We talk about following Jesus into significant relationship. Like we follow Jesus into our sense of community we talk about following Jesus in our own personal devotional life, you know, like in our prayer and meditation and study. Uh, but I want us to think about following Jesus in a different way this morning. Because for us, following Jesus is more than just action. It's more than just doing the, the Christian things. And the reason why that's important is I've seen a lot of people come into church and uh, they're mean-spirited, selfish people. But then we put them into small groups and we teach them how, how to go and do stuff in this world. And we even put them in leadership. And the sad truth is, years later, they're just as selfish and mean-spirited, just a little bit busier. And so it's more than just Christian action. There's something else that is needed. As we follow Jesus, we should become more like him. So the focus is not on the Christian action and just doing all these things. It's about transformation, It's about being different people out of this relationship of Jesus that we get, we have with Jesus. And this happens when we spend time with Jesus. 
It's interesting, when we spend a lot of time with someone, we, without even consciously choosing to do so, we'll pick up nuances, right? You know, after you spend a lot of time with someone, you might start laughing like them, and you're like, why am I laughing like this? Uh, Joel, back there, he said he moved here from uh, Seattle, he's like, I'm starting to say y'all. I'm like, it makes sense. You plural. Uh, so we just pick up the things that people were around. You know, I've even seen people as they age, like older couples, don't you? If you notice that, like, they start looking like each other after a while, which, sorry, Jen. Um, <laughs> pastier and pastier, just one more shade. Uh, we soak in the presence of those whom which we live, and I think there's something in the spiritual realm as well. With our relationship with Jesus, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we should become like him. And Paul is talking about this, this power here in the scripture that we just heard read from, to, to this letter that, to a church in Corinth. And what he began by saying is that Jesus broke, has broken down every barrier between us and God. This is what, one of the things that Jesus has done. But it's more than just a one-time experience. It's more than that. God wants you in every moment of your day to experience life with him so that you can be transformed into a person full of joy and hope and purpose. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled faces, what Paul is saying is that now through the power of Christ, our faces have been unveiled, that we, we have this experience of God's grace. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I actually really love the way that Eugene Peterson uh, translated this uh, in the message. Here Here it is. Nothing between us and God. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. This is how transformation happens. We just put ourselves at the gaze of Jesus and we're transformed. We're radiant because he's radiant. And this is, this is how it works. And so we are transfigured or transformed, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and we become like him. Gradually, step by step, we become brighter and more beautiful as we soak in Jesus' presence, and we become like him. For some of you here, you... You're wondering why it's taking you so long to get over certain issues in your life. You're wondering why it's taking so long for you to ditch old habits and patterns and thought patterns. The way in which this seems to be explaining it is it's a process of gradually becoming more and more like Jesus. And friends, you were made to shine. That's how God created you. You were were made to shine. And we are radiant people because we get to walk with a radiant God. And there's two unique characteristics for me that I've seen that stand out for people who've experienced a life with Jesus. Two different characteristics, and they seem to be total opposites from one another. It's weakness and strength. The people who seem to walk with Jesus, they live with a sense of weakness, while at the same time, they have strength. Weakness in that fact that they are honest with their failures, Their life is marked with humility. And here's the kicker. They love being dependent on God. They don't try to hide it. They don't try to run away from it. They 
they cherish the fact that they are dependent on God, that they're weak. While at the same time, their life is marked by strength. Relying on God, these people walk with boldness. They walk with courage. And they actually believe that incredible things can happen in and through their own weaknesses. That God can help do stuff in this world in and through their own weaknesses. As I shared earlier, this thought for me started about three years ago. Three years ago, uh, Jen and I went on to uh, Lady Lodge, which is a camp uh, which we absolutely love. If you guys ever get a chance, go out to Lady Lodge. And uh, it was a retreat that was, called, it was just for adults. And the speaker by the name of Andy Crouch was out there that, that weekend. And Andy Crouch, was the, he's the editor of Christianity Today, and he's written some books. Um, but what, it was publicized as a food retreat. So they were bringing in chefs uh, to come in and talk about our relationship to the world and to food. And uh, it was an adult retreat, so no kids were going to be there. And it was just the speaker. And I just remember thinking, like, it's fun if the speaker even cancels. We got food and no kids, we're in. Like, this is, this is going to be awesome. And it really, really was. But in one of his talks, Andy Crouch, almost as an aside, he started talking about the necessity to live with weakness and strength. But the words that he chose, instead of weakness and strength, they're much more challenging. And so for marketing purposes, I've changed it. I have duped you. But I'm going to share now the words that he chose. And you'll see why I changed it. First, instead of being weak, he chose the word vulnerability. Ah, who loves being vulnerable? Instead of strength, he chose the word authority. So living with vulnerability and authority. The word authority has some really strong reactions to us. Who loves the word authority, right? Oh, yeah, I love for authority to be in my life. Nobody! We've seen in our world too, too many times how authority is misused to suppress people, to exploit people, to keep people down. We don't like this word authority. It demeans, it withholds potential. I know many of us struggle with this word, and I have a dislike to this concept of authority as well in my personality. I know it well. But I really want to reclaim this word in part, this is the reason why, is that there's many of us who have walked with Jesus, and we've built, we've like bought into this lie that to follow Jesus means that we're just nice people. Like, and Jesus was the professional nice person. There, there's nothing further than the truth. Of course, he was kind, but Jesus walked with authority. One of the last things that Jesus said is he gave his authority to his, his followers through his spirit, through his presence. And I, actually, I loved how Andy Crouch, he redefined authority for us. And here's this definition. If you go to that slide. Authority is the capacity to create meaningful change. So when you live with authority, you're going to be able to create meaningful change in this world. And can we all agree that this world needs meaningful change, right? Like we all, I think we're looking around this world going, man, things need to be different. Things need to change. Another way to think about that is, man, this world needs people who are walking with godly, compassionate authority creating meaningful change. This is one of the fruits of godly authority, is all of a sudden this world starts having moments of mercy and justice and deliverance and hope. You're seeing it happen. This is how Jesus lived. Meanwhile, there's the second characteristic of vulnerability. Who's equally excited about being vulnerable? 
Nobody. Who's ever prayed, God, make me more vulnerable? No one's ever prayed that, right? It's, it's challenging. And I remember when he was talking about vulnerability at this retreat, I go, that word's the reason why most men don't go on retreats like this. We're like, where are we asked to be vulnerable? One of my friends, Jimmy, said he went on a retreat like that, and he said, I'm only going if I make my pr- three promises to my wife. I'm not going to raise my hands. I'm not going to cry, and I'm not going to hug another man. But just that needs to be known. And, of course, at the end of the retreat, he did all three. <laughs> Probably at the same time, you know. Uh, <laughs> we think about vulnerability. Let's think about it in a different way. This is how he redefined vulnerability. Vulnerability is the capacity to be wounded. It's the capacity of being human, wounded. And the interesting thing is that we, by the very nature of being human, are woundable, right? Like, we're fragile. Unfortunately, I was, saw an accident this past week, and just seeing it happen and unfold, I go, golly, we're so fragile. Our bodies are fragile. Our dreams are fragile. We're, we're easily woundable. We are vulnerable. But the, but the weird thing is we've figured out ways to hide it. We have figured out ways to armor up, to shelter ourselves from being woundable. We, we, try to, we try to control this world to protect us from not being too vulnerable. But what Andy Crouch was saying this weekend was, we're actually, there's something that happens when you live with both authority and vulnerability. Something incredibly powerful happens. And you might go, really, you're asking me to live with authority and vulnerability? I'm, I'm going to pass. I'm, I'm, I'm out. And like for me, I think it would, only, it would take an act of God for us to choose to live that way. It would take an act of God for us to choose with, to live with vulnerability and authority. Like God would literally have to come to this world and show us how to live with authority and vulnerability. Like it would, God would literally have to come and display what it's like to live with great capacity of creating meaningful change in this world while also being vulnerable and woundable. Don't we see that like Jesus, these two characteristics are the very description of how Jesus lived his life. He created meaningful change wherever he went. He talked about it as his kingdom. Wherever he went, he reestablished and reordered the world while being vulnerable. Like God did not choose to change the world from a distance. He changed and he gave him his vulnerable self to this world, his woundable self. And by his wounds, we have been set free. And so for us, I want us to think through in our own life, being vulnerable while also living with great authority. So here's the main premise of our conversation this morning and for uh, this series, is if we follow Jesus, he will grow us in greater authority and greater vulnerability so that we can bless many. You might not want to come to the next two weeks. (laughs) if you're not excited about living with greater authority and vulnerability. But if we follow Jesus, he wants to grow us and he wants to expand us to grow with greater authority and greater vulnerability. He wants us to become more weak and more strong. He wants to transform us, grow these things in us, so that we can bless many. And I want to share a visual for this. I know you guys got so excited when you saw a whiteboard this morning. You get to go back to school uh, and so, but Andy Crouch, he shared this uh, grid while we're at the retreat, 
And, um, and this, this is when the lights turned on for me, personally, is he started talking about, there's a scale, uh, imagine a scale of there's people you could place on this, of living with high authority and people with, living with low authority. So someone who's not living with the capacity of being able to create meaningful change, they're going to be down here. While someone who's, who's a change agent, they're making changes in this world, they're up here. So that's the, that's the y-axis, if I'm remembering correctly. The x-axis is talking about vulnerability. So over here on this side, if you go to the next slide, is uh, if, you're living with, if you're vulnerable, you're going to be on this side. Like if you're very woundable, you're over here. But if you're living on low vulnerability, you're going to be over here. And so it makes this beautiful, this beautiful grid. And the idea is that you can place anyone on this grid. You can put an X on, on this grid to describe where someone is in their life. And all of us are on here. And so to kind of just explain it a little bit more, the bottom right is for people who are living with, uh, with great vulnerability and low authority. So who, who might that be? It'd be people, uh, people enslaved. They're held down. They can't really create meaningful change. And they're incredibly vulnerable. Some of our children, unfortunately, are here. People who, uh, people who are exploited are living down here. These are people who are incredibly vulnerable, and uh, this is where they are. Okay, what about people with low authority? They're not making, cre- making change in this world, but they're really not vulnerable. So it's kind of like low risk, low reward. Who might these people be? So I just want to give an example of this. Uh, a cruise. Like you're just sitting on this boat. The bell goes off. You go eat dinner. Great. What thing are we going to do today? Okay, we go do that. All right, go to back to sleep. And then the biggest choice is like what? What nation of food are we going to eat tonight? What buffet are we going to go to? This is also, imagine a uh, 25-year-old sleeping in the parents' basement playing Xbox every day, okay? Sorry if I'm stepping on toes here. <laughs> this is also, I am stepping on toes with this one. This is our dream of retirement, right? We're not vulnerable. We've saved enough. We're sheltered. We're good. And you really don't have to do much. Chase a little white ball on the, on the golf course. Spoil the grandkids when you want to, right? <laughs> That's uh, living with low authority and low vulnerability. Okay, what about people who aren't vulnerable, but man, they can make change? Who is this? What's that? Politicians, Politicians okay, we can put that here. I, 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 I'm going to have to make a gap between that, what I'm going to say and what I'm going to say now. This is, the, <laughs> um, this is our idea of power. This is the American dream, to be honest, is that we are, able to, uh, we are able to create change and we're not exposed. And uh, the conversation in our society right now that we're having around privilege is, is this. The fact that people are born in this, in this quadrant, that's, that's what this is talking about. Um, it's that the fact that some people have opportunities that other people don't. I'm going to start scribbling because I, I forgot how to spell privilege, so I'm just going to scribble a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I know you doctors. I know what you're up to. <laughs> That's, that really is how we, that we in our society, we, we define success. It's power without intimacy, though. Because, you know, to be intimate is to be vulnerable. And the weird thing is when people live up here long enough, what, what they end up doing is they end up exploiting others, especially what quadrant? People who don't have as much authority. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of downside of, and some, something toxic about choosing to live up here for a while. But that leaves us with this quadrant right here. People who live with great authority while also being vulnerable. And this right here, for me, depicts the life of Jesus. Because they, 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 to live this way evokes courage, faith, to believe that God can use you to make a difference in this world and for you not to hide, but doing it from your true self, from your vulnerable self. That, for me, seems to be that's where power happens. And so they lead through relationships. They lead through intimacy, through vulnerability. For me, an example of this, my favorite, one of my favorite moments in a wedding is when the father of the bride gives a toast. I love it. Because they have been practicing this talk for years. It wasn't like a surprise. They have been getting their, re- their thing ready, and so they get up there, and it looks like they have never talked ever before. Their hands are shaking. You know, there's no champagne left in the flute after, after this because they're so nervous. And, and they're in front of everyone, but they're able to give a blessing. They, this parent's able to speak with authority and to bless this union and do it in a unique way. It's the, it's the blending of authority and vulnerability. Uh, we have an example of that in uh, Martin Luther King Jr. also. A change agent in this world, right? Change agent in this world. Lived with great authority. But he did so through nonviolent protests. Okay, we're going to protest, but we're going to choose to do so while being vulnerable. And you see what happens when people choose to live in this. I even love this picture. People are looking elsewhere, and it's like he's like steadfast. He knows where he's going. He knows the authority that God's been giving him to create change and justice in this world. And so, for me, I really believe it's here, not only that we make a change in this world, but we find our true self. We won't find our true self living and existing anywhere else. It's when we live with great vulnerability and authority. So now I want you guys now to consider the story or the movie that you were thinking of earlier. And my belief is that most of the time, sorry for Dumb and Dumber and Nacho Libre, I'm not sure about them, but most of the time, these are stories about people who begin here and through the hero's journey through conflict that they begin to realize themselves. The journey is all about them growing with greater vulnerability and authority. In my, in my conviction is if we follow Jesus, he will lead us into that quadrant towards more authority, more vulnerability, to greater strength and greater weakness. And this is part of our transformation, becoming more and more like Jesus. It's part of our transformation. And so I want to give a biblical example of this. 
Uh, when I visit with people who have walked with Jesus who are familiar with the Gospels, oftentimes I'll ask them, what's your favorite story from Scripture? And the most common response I've ever gotten was the prodigal son story. There's something about that story that resonates with us. And the interesting thing is, it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about today. So when the prodigal son story, what happens is there's two different sons. The older son has done everything right, but the younger son, he hasn't. Uh, his failures become really evident. So he goes to this father, and he goes, Father, I want my inheritance now. Which in that culture is saying, uh, Father, I wish that you were dead. I'd rather have your things than have you. I want, I want, I want to be able to have all of the power. I don't want to have to wait for it. I want it right now. So the, the father lovingly sells off part of his estate through the, through the cultural shame of that in that day, and gives his son his inheritance. And what does he do with it? He goes to a wild, uh, he goes to a country and experiences wild living. So he goes to a foreign land, and he just starts wasting his father's money, his inheritance on wild living. He's sheltered, he's hiding out. He's not vulnerable, but he's also not doing anything. And then something happens, a big conflict happens. And what happens? A famine. A famine happens. And so he starts to run out of money. And all of a sudden, he starts acting like a slave. He's put into the uh, to, to support of someone else. And he gets so desperate at one point, he looks at the food that the pigs are eating, and he goes, oh, if only I could eat that. And then he remembers he remembers, how many hired men do my, does my father have? I will go to my father, and I will say, Father, make me like one of your slaves. Make me like one of your servants. I don't deserve anything else. Just keep me here, but I want to do it at home now. And so he starts his journey home, and this is when I think people, this is what move, is so moving about this, is the father is already looking for his son. He's looking for his son, looking for him. Where are you, son? And as he sees his son a long way off, he bolts, runs after his son. And I love to think about the son and this father pulling up his robe and chasing after him and the son going, is his face angry or happy? What's going on here? And his father, notice what he does. He throws his arm around him. He kisses him. The son starts to tell his story of, you know, I'm so sorry, just treat me like a slave. The father doesn't even want to hear it. He doesn't even want to hear it because there's something more important he wants to do. And so what does he do? He takes his son, and in front of other people, he, he says, bring a robe. Cover his shame. Cover his disgrace where he's been. Give him new sandals. And also, give him a ring. This ring, this signet ring. For his culture in that day, you can make a contract using that ring. It's, it's, it's the father's authority. And what he's saying is that you don't belong here. I know this is what you think you deserve, but you don't belong here. My son's not going to stay here. Give him, a, give him authority. Give him authority. And then he gathers the community together and he has a party. He doesn't want this to be a, a quiet, shameful experience. He wants to, the son to be restored back into community. So he brings him here. 
And I wonder if part of the reason why we love this story is we see the father's work about restoring his child. I wonder if there's something deep within us that we know that we long to be restored. We don't want to hide out. We don't want to, we don't want to just play it safe. We know, we know how we have exploited and controlled and, and, and how we seek for power and success. And our hearts and our souls experience the look of the Father who's at the front porch going, all right, maybe today is the day that she comes home. Maybe today is the day that he comes home. So, just like I said earlier, just like we could put an X somewhere on this board for any character, it's the same for you. It's the same for you as well. So I need to ask you guys a question in closing. And I really want you to be honest about this. I really want you to be honest about this. It's where are you today? If you were to put an, an X on this board where would you be today? Are you, are you hiding out? Are you fighting vulnerability? You know that you were meant for more, but you're afraid? Have you chased success? Have you longed for uh, having greater power in this world? And maybe you've left people and friends behind. Maybe you're able to look back and you've actually used people as means to get what you want? Are you here? Are you just sick and tired of being tired? Do you feel like life is happening to you and not the other way around? Or are you familiar with everything that you are and everything you aren't and all your brokenness and you, for whatever reason, I've been filled with courage to walk with Jesus, thinking that even God could use me. Even God could use someone like me. You've chosen to be vulnerable. You've chosen to walk in relationship with God and with others. Where are you today? Next week, we're gonna talk about how to grow in vulnerability and weakness, and then the third and final week we're gonna talk about how to grow in strength. But I think this week is a call to be honest with where we are today. How have you moved on this grid this past year? Where, where does it find you today? What is God up to in your life to maybe move you more in the right direction? I just want you to know wherever you are on this grid, the good shepherd finds you there. The good shepherd's looking for you there. Wherever you are, he meets you there. He meets you. He's not waiting for you to enter into his home. He runs out to find you. And out of love, he won't leave you there. He loves you too much. He wants you to learn to walk with him in greater authority and greater vulnerability. Because this is where you will only find your true self. And this is where you will experience true relationship with Jesus. And this place is where you and God will partner together to make a change in this world, to make this world a better place. That's what God wants from you. That's what I want for you too. Let's pray.